0: Good morning. Will you stand with us? Welcome to the Lord's house. We're thankful that you're here at Cavanaugh with us. Let's worship together.
1: Amen. Amen. We celebrate Jesus this morning, and we can all testify here in this room today the new life that we have in Him. Amen? Amen. Let's give the Lord another hand. It's awesome. It's awesome. I shared this with first service. There's three things I'm really, really thankful for today. One is Jesus, that He is my Redeemer, and that He is my King, my Savior. We have so much to celebrate in Jesus this morning. The second thing is, is that we have a hope in him, and he has gone to prepare a place for us, and and we have so much to be excited for. Not only has he gone to prepare a place for us, but he has also prepared a place for us here in our hearts, and he dwells within us, and so I'm so thankful as a believer to have him guide me in my life. And the third thing I'm thankful for today is that I get to be here with you at Kavanaugh Church to worship and celebrate all of that, all right? Amen. It's good. It's good. It's good. So we're thankful for you, and we're so grateful for your faithfulness in joining us here this morning. We love you, and we've been praying for you a lot this week. If you're a guest, thanks so much for joining us. Um, There's a little Connect card in the chair back in front of you. If you will, uh, fill that out, and then me and a few others will be right out these back doors uh, after services to be there to maybe answer any questions you have about our church, what's all going on, that kind of thing, um, and be able to tell you all about it, all right? We love you. You've been prayed for this week, um, and we're excited to get things rolling again. So I'm going to invite you all to stand right back up, and we're going to ask God's uh, blessing on our services today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for bringing us back together, God. And uh, we're so grateful for what you've done for us. Thank you so much for your son and, and for the cross, God, and for saving us as a people, God. So today, Lord, we bring... Our lives into this room, no matter how heavy our hearts are, how much joy we are filled with God, we lift up our hands and we praise you this morning. Thank you for calling us your own. You are our God and we are your people. Lord, uh, be with our pastor as he preaches the message uh, that you've given him this week. We're so thankful for his time and his study and his effort that he's put into this God. So Lord, help our hearts be ready to receive what you have for us today. We love you. And again, We're thankful for each other. In your name, amen. Greet those around you, and we'll get started here in just a second.
0: to know that Jesus loves me this next song um, talks about the goodness of God and I tell you I really struggled with what to say here Um, you know when you talk to somebody and they're passionate about a particular subject they can go on and on and on and on I mean I feel like I could talk on this subject until he comes back on the goodness of God things aren't always easy for us Um, and yet God is faithful and God is good and that's who He is Um, at times in our lives we may not be faithful but He is Um, I was just thinking this morning how I mean God's goodness is just all over us all around us if we would just take a second just to pause and just notice just the daily gifts that He gives us I was thankful when I saw my newest grandbaby enter his house today. And I thought, God, you're so good. She's two, year, two weeks old. She doesn't understand any of this. But she gets to hear the praises of God's people. Is that not good? God is just so good. So as we sing this next song, I want you to think about the goodness of God in your life. You know, I know a lot of you have had a really hard week. Some of you have lost people in your families that are so dear to you, and some of you have gone through uh, medical difficulties that have really been hard. And and I don't even begin to know what all of you have faced this week, but we serve a God who does. And in the midst of everything, God is still good, and His goodness is all around us. Let's just praise Him this morning as we sing about the goodness. moments to pause and just to praise your name and thank you for the air we breathe for life for allowing us another day to praise your name and to serve you on this side of heaven I thank you for this place where we can gather together with other believers and build ourselves up in the faith that we can be encouraged to read your word and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, we just lift up your name high today. I praise you, Father, for all the goodness you've done in my life, all of my days. We love you in this house today, and we praise your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
2: Say amen with me. Amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. We've already had uh, a service at 9 o'clock, and it was pretty awesome. I think this one's going to be just a little bit better, though. because No, the reason it's better is because it's true. Baby Jules is here. First time in church. Give give Now, listen, give baby Jules a baby clap because she's sleeping right now. We don't want to wake her up. But... <clears throat> Isn't that great? She even brought her other grandparents with her today. Chief and Lily, good to see you. You know, isn't she special? She's beautiful, just a beautiful little baby, and so special. And I've not I've not had a whole lot of time with baby Jules, but I'm looking forward to all the time I get to spend with her. And I'm gonna have my own special way of talking to her. You know, and she's gonna know it's Poe's voice. And she's going to listen to Poe, just like her big brother Archie does. <laughs> I've got a special way to talk to Archie. It's, it's my Poe voice. And when he hears me talk, he knows it's his Poe talking to him. And I'll sing to him. If, if he's over at my house spending the night or if I'm over at their house, I get to put him to bed. And, and we climb up into that little rocking chair and, and he'll have his blanket and, and he'll tell me the songs he wants me to sing. And they all sound the same. It's just my singing voice. It's not very good. But, but I've got this one special song that I sing to him that I used to sing to my boy, my little Zane, when he was a, a little fella. I've, I've had to change it a little bit because that's been a long time ago. But I'll, I'll just rock and I'll sing to little Archie. Me and you and a pub named JoJo. That's my dog, JoJo. Me and you and a pup named Jojo Traveling and living off the land Me and you and a pup named Jojo How I love being a preacher man yeah, okay. And he'll sing that with me. He knows the words. Say, In fact, the first time I did it, a few days later, Whitney called me and said, "What? What is this song? I don't. Know. What is this song that he keeps asking for?" And I said, "Don't even try. That, that's our song." And then after, after I sing that little chorus, then I'll make up a verse, and it's always different. It, it has to do with what we've done that day, like. Archie and his sister, Ella Jane, were spending time with Poe and Lolo. They went to the park and they slid on the slide and they had a really good time. Yes, they had a really good time. And I just keep making it up and, and he loves it. Even though I can't sing, he, he loves, he loves because it's Poe's voice. He knows Poe's voice angie and ella jane have a certain language they speak to each other angie's got a name for it it's called ella janguage get that ella janguage and it's their own little gibberish talk that they speak to each other they know each other's voice that way you know i go home to my house i'll go home in a little bit ron and, and i'll see my little white dog jojo and i've got a special way i speak to jojo I don't speak to anybody else this way. It's just it's JoJo language. And sometimes I'm talking JoJo language and I'm thinking to myself, if my church heard me talking to my dog like this, <laughs> they'd think I'm crazy and probably fire me. But you know what? It's, it's my JoJo language. And then, then I have a special way to talk to Angie. <laughs> it's this special love language. And I'll say these sweet little things to her. And she rolls her eyes and... Ugh. <laughs> And I say, baby, one of these days you're going to miss that love talk I give (laughs) you. Maybe not, but anyway. Here's the point. I have a way to speak to different people in my life, but when I speak to them, they know I'm speaking directly to them. Are you with me? God wants to speak directly to us and God has a way to communicate with each and every one of us in a special way. God wants to talk to you. Last week I started this series calling Read It With Me in 23 and we're reading the Word of God together. We're going to read through the whole bible this year it's all about hearing god speak to us when we read his word it's one thing to read the word but it's another thing to allow god to really speak to us as we're reading through our bible our key verse is luke chapter 8 verse 8 when jesus said he who has ears to hear let him hear now how many of you have ears raise both hands because you got two ears all right right? Everybody in here has ears, but are you really hearing? Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Because if you have your ears on, he's going to speak to you. God is going to talk to you. God tells us that he wants to speak to us. In fact, the Bible is full of examples of God talking to people. In fact, if God didn't talk to people, we wouldn't even have this book called the Bible. We have the Bible because God spoke to different men throughout the ages of time and he gave them a message and told them to write that message down and they wrote the message down and thus we have the Bible. In the Bible, God uses many different ways to communicate to people. Some ways in the Bible are are quite spectacular that God spoke to human beings. In fact, he spoke to Moses through a burning bush. He spoke to a guy named Jacob through an angel. He spoke to the entire nation of Israel through a cloud. And he spoke to a man named Balaam through a donkey. That's unusual, isn't it? The donkey actually spoke to Balaam. Imagine that. Some of you might say, well, does God ever do that today? Does God speak through donkeys today? And somebody in this church would probably say he does every week at Kavanaugh. (laughs) my attempt for humor, though. This morning, we're going to talk about five ways that God speaks to us. I'm really not going to tell you anything new this morning, but I am going to call to your remembrance the ways God speaks to us, because we're reading it through. We're reading through the Bible. Read it with me. And See, I've already messed up on my little motto here. Read it. I'm still in last year. Read it with me in 23 and we want to hear god speak to us these are the ways that he does this the number one way god speaks to us is through the bible we're going to start with that one intentionally because it is the number one way god speaks to us through his word now there are a lot of people who say i i wish god could send me a text message Or I just wish that God would write it in the sky, what he wants me to do. Well, let me tell you, God is not going to write it in the sky because he's already written it in a book. Okay, you with me? It's called the Bible. And God keeps speaking until you shut the Bible. God is going to keep speaking to you until you shut the Bible. One commentator I read this week put it like this, God's not going to shut his mouth until you shut the book. God really does want to speak to you. And if you're never opening the Bible, if you're never reading the Word of God, God is not speaking to you very much, is He? Because the number way God speaks to people today is through His inspired, inerrant Word. Now, the Bible tells us this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's all directly from God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why did God give us the Bible? Well, there are four reasons he just told us in this verse to teach us. He gave us the Bible to help us, to correct us. And then number four, he gave us the Bible to show us how to live. And it says that everything in the Bible is God's Word, and everything that is contained in the Bible is useful to you for everyday life. That means it is 100% reliable, and it is 100% practical. You can take the Word of God and apply it to your life today. You can use it today. And as I said earlier, God keeps speaking until you shut the book. Or as that commentator put it, God is not going to shut his mouth until you shut his book. This is why a daily quiet time with God is imperative in your spiritual life. Even if it's just 15 minutes a day. It is so important for you to block off a little time every single day and make that your God time. Really, that time, no matter how long it is, whether it's 15 minutes or 30 minutes, becomes the most important part of your day because you're spending time with God. You're reading his word. You're listening to him. He's speaking to you. And let me tell you, what what is 15 minutes? You have 15 minutes in your life. To hear from God, you better believe it. Most of the TV programs you watch are 30 minutes or an hour. You're wasting 30 minutes or an hour where you could be spending that time with the creator of the universe. And in your quiet time, here's what you're doing. You're saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm devoting this time to you. I am reading your word. And as I read your word, I pray that it would come alive in my heart. I pray that you would speak to me. And, and dear Lord, that you would bring about change in me. And I'm going to pray to you. And, and this is our special time together every day. Now, why is that important? Well, it tells us in Psalms 119, 105 why it's important. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, and your word is a light unto my path, Lord. The Bible says that it's your flashlight for life. It's a lamp to guide you. It is a light for your path. Now, let me tell you what it's not. It's not this high-intensity beam that's going to show you the next three years of your life. Some of you would like that. Some of you would like to know what's happening in your life for the next five years or the next ten years. You would like to know what's happening in the future. God is never, ever going to show you that. Why? Because he doesn't want to freak you out. And it would. If you knew what was happening in five years from now, it would probably scare you, to death. Nobody knows the future. Nobody except God. And God's not going to share with you all the future because he wants you to walk by faith. He wants you to trust him day by day. How many of y'all have a flashlight by your back door or your front door? If you have to go out at night, you'll pick up that flashlight I told this story first service I I probably had half a dozen people tell me after service about their flashlight that they keep at their back door I've got one right at the back door and in the springtime and summertime if I'm going over to the man cave Kokomo which is through my backyard and out the fence I'll pick up that flashlight why because I've almost stepped on copperheads out in my backyard and that is not a good thing So I got that little flashlight. You know what that flashlight does? It doesn't show me all the way over to Kokomo, my man cave. No, it just shows me the next step I need to take. And I'm shining it right down, and and I'm using it to take it step by step. God says, this is my flashlight for life. God wants me to live life one step at a time one day at a time I take one step and then I take another step and he gives you just enough light for the day that you're in but if you're not reading the word you're living in darkness and you're stumbling and falling you need the word of God in your life to light up your life that's what the Bible is for it's not to lay out your whole life in front of you because you're not going to figure that out. It's one day at a time, one step at a time. That's why you need to read the Bible every single day. And the number one way God speaks to us today is through his word. Amen? Amen. The second way God speaks to all of us is God speaks through gifted teachers and pastors. That's what the Bible is talking about over in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. There it says, Christ gifted some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers. And and look at why. Why does God gift people to be pastors and teachers? Well, it says right here, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but I've always been, Stacey, really intrigued with spiritual gifts, because here's what the Bible teaches us. When we are saved, born again, converted, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, one of the things God does for us at the moment of conversion, he gives us a spiritual gift. Joy, when you got saved, God gave you, Joy Nichols, a spiritual gift. Now, some of you received multiple gifts. If you're like me, you only got one gift, All right. But all of us receive a gift, and and the Bible in the New Testament tells us of these spiritual gifts. There's several of them. In fact, I'm so intrigued with it, our next C-group study is going to be on spiritual gifts. We're going to start it here in just a few weeks. All of these gifts could be summarized in a couple of categories. There are speaking gifts, and there are serving gifts. And here in Ephesians chapter 4, he gives us all of the speaking gifts, Now, I've only been given one gift, and that is the gift of of pastoring, the gift of, of teaching or preaching, all right? But you know what? My gift is no better than your gift. Whatever your gift is, your gift is just as important as my gift. And these gifts are not for our own personal benefit. These gifts are used to build up the body of Jesus Christ. So you can't use your spiritual gift in isolation, For your spiritual gift to be effective, you've got to be using it within the body of Christ. And very distinctly, there are some people who have the gift of preaching, of an evangelist, of a teacher. And here's the question. How do you know if when somebody's up front talking, they have the gift of God to be A teacher or a preacher. Have you ever wondered that? How do you know if that person is really called by God and how do you know if they really have this gift of teaching and preaching? Here's how you know. You can tell it every time. You know it if when that person is teaching or preaching or communicating the Word of God, there comes a moment in that time of communication when you feel like God is speaking directly to you. It's like you're the only person in the room it's, it's you and the teacher you and the preacher and you're wondering how did he get a hold of my mail how does he know what's going on in my life it, it, it's just like they're directly focused on you D- does anybody know what I'm talking about yes. Have you ever experienced that That's how you know that that spiritual gift is working when it happens, because God is at that very moment speaking directly to you, and he's doing it through the person that he has called and gifted. I sure hope you've experienced that. I have. I do it all the time. I feel it all the time. It's hard for me to get that when I'm actually preaching, but occasionally it happens. It's kind of a weird deal. I'm preaching and all of a sudden, God is talking to my head and my heart while I'm preaching to you, and I'm thinking, I'm confused., <laughs> yeah. but it has happened. However, it happens when, when our other staff members get up here and preach on Wednesday nights and, and they they're kind of on a rotation and I have all these other guys preach. Did you know that we have some excellent, preachers on our staff I mean guys that are just so they're so gifted and they're so good and they're so different I mean they have different styles of communication but they're presenting to us the word of God and I need that I need to hear them preach this past Wednesday night Devin was preaching and I don't know if you've got to hear brother Devin preach but man I am so impressed he studies so hard he's he's so smart and and like me he preaches from an iPad. He's so cool. <laughs> I actually got that from him, all right? So trying to be cool like Devin, but Devin was preaching on Wednesday night and I was sitting back over here with my wife Angie, and as he was preaching, all of a sudden he said something and I mean it was as if God was saying that to me and I experienced exactly what I'm talking to you about. It's like nobody else was in the room. It was just me and Devin, and, and Devin said it right to me, and it wasn't just Devin saying it. It was God saying it. You see, when this happens, there's this really cool dynamic going on. I, I call it a divine dynamic. We as the preachers are preaching the Word of God, which is a different book than any other book that's ever been written. We read it a while ago. It is inspired by God. It's God speaking to us. It is a book that is alive. And so we are preaching this alive book, God's book. The Holy Spirit is in this room. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us and working. And then you've got a preacher up here or a teacher who has been given the spiritual gift of communication to God's Word, and all of a sudden, it's as if God is just saying that right to you. That's amazing. That's the way God does it. God, God speaks to us that way. And you know what? I, I pray this prayer every week. I prayed it this morning as I was coming here. I, I prayed, God, I, I would like for you to do that at Kavanaugh Church today because, Lord, I don't know what these people have gone through this week. Miss Angie said it best, some of you have gone through some really hard days this week and right now maybe your mind is divided, your spirit is in turmoil, things are going on in your life that you need answers for, you've got questions but no answers and and there's just problems you're facing and you, you need to hear something from God, so as I'm driving to church this morning, I'm praying this, Lord, I don't know what's going on in their life but you do. So, Lord, I I pray that as as I'm preaching the Word of God, you would speak directly into their heart what they need to hear. And you've heard me pray this prayer, I pray it all the time. Lord, as I speak on the outside, would you speak on the inside? And that's this gift, this gift of teaching. It's important to be in worship, and it's important to be in Bible study. Because it's in those contexts, like this morning, that you're hearing the Word of God communicated. And that's one way God speaks to His people. He speaks directly through His Word. He speaks, number two, through gifted teachers and pastors. Number three, God speaks to us through godly people. That is, through friends and family members who are believers. The Bible teaches this truth throughout the Bible. We all have blind spots. Some of you have bald spots, but we all have blind spots. You have things in your life that you're never going to see that you need to be corrected on in your life. And so God puts these godly people around you to tell you the truth, even sometimes when you don't want to hear the truth. And everybody needs somebody in their life who loves them enough that they're going to speak the truth into them. Do you have anybody in your life that you've given permission to to do that for you? Do you have any godly friends who don't just shine on you and tell you everything you want to hear, but they love you enough to level with you? They love you enough to point it out when you're going down the wrong road? They love you enough to say, you know what, man? If you keep going the way you're going, you're going to blow it. You're making a huge mistake. You're full of pride. You're going the wrong direction. Listen to me, church, when I tell you, you need somebody in your life who will tell you the truth in love. Now listen to me. If you're never reading the Bible, if you don't come into God's house and listen to the Bible being taught, and if you're not around godly friends who have the freedom to speak the truth of God to you, God sure is missing a whole lot of opportunities to speak into your heart. You need to do that in your life. Listen to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. The way of a fool seems right to him. He thinks he's doing the right thing. But a wise man listens to advice. Some some of you know somebody right now, you've you've got a friend or a relative, a brother or a sister or a cousin or somebody that you work with, and they are headed down the wrong path. And you know it. I mean, you can see it as clear as day. They're getting involved in, in an affair, or they're getting involved in some kind of addiction, or they're walking away from the Lord. They're doing something that if they continue on that path, they're going to mess up not only their life, but a lot of other people's lives as well. You can see it. It's being fleshed out right in front of you, but you have kept your mouth zipped. You've said nothing. You've kept silent. You've not loved them enough to speak the truth of love into their lives. And as a result, you're using this modern-day cop-out Well, it's just none of my business. Really? I was listening to a podcast this past week about this mega church and how it it rose to these great numbers and then all of a sudden just imploded and dissolved. It it all started back in the, the late 1990s. This, this guy started a, a Bible study in his home with just a couple of other families, and within a matter of a few years, they were blowing and going. And within a matter of 10 years, they were running 15,000 people on a weekend. Mega church. And it was doing all kinds of great things. People were being saved every week, and it was just, it was a phenomenal. It was, it was one of the talked about churches in our world in the early 2000s. But then all of a sudden, just as quick as it went up, it went down. I mean, it literally imploded and it fell apart. There's a lot of dynamics involved in it, and that's what this podcast was about, all the things that went wrong in that church. But at the very center of it, it was the lead pastor. And even though he was a gifted communicator and a man of God and was used by God to build this great church and change a lot of people's lives... All of a sudden, in the midst of all this, it went to his head, and pride took over, and it imploded on him. And as it fell apart in his own life, the church fell apart. And they're not even a church today. And in this podcast, they interviewed his closest friend, really an ally in ministry, a guy that had been with him since the very beginning, his best friend. After this happened, there there was about six months that they didn't communicate with each other. But after six months, this guy called him and said, hey, I I need to have lunch with you because i got to tell you something. And so they had lunch, and here's, here's what the friend said to the pastor who built this church and had it fall apart. He said, I saw this coming. I saw it happening in your life. I saw it happening in this church. And I should have said something to you, but I didn't. And the reason I didn't is because I didn't want there to be friction in our relationship. I didn't want our friendship to fall apart. And I knew I was running a risk if I confronted you with this, that it would ruin our friendship. And so I just kept my mouth shut. I didn't think it was any of my business. Can I tell you something, friends? It is your business if you love them It is your business if God speaks to your heart and tells you to say something to them, why? Because love cares. And if you care, you'll be aware and you'll dare to share. That's what love is all about. Love says, I love you enough as a friend not to let you do this. Don't blow your life, don't walk into that relationship. I care enough and I will risk our relationship because I love you. And when you do that and you have the right attitude, God is going to speak through you. Now, Let me just stop right here and do a quick time out because there's there's the flip side of this as well. If you're the one speaking this truth into their life, you just just can't jump in there haphazardly and think, I'm I'm going to be God's spokesperson. I'm going to straighten them out, tell them the truth. You do that, it's going to come right back in your face and they'll probably punch you. If God is telling you to confront somebody because of an error in their life, because they're walking in the wrong direction, you need to spend a whole lot of time on your knees in prayer, and you need to get rid of your own self-pride, and you need to go to them in love, and compassionately speak truth because even, even if it is somebody that you know and you love if they're getting on to you or if they're pointing something out that's a fault in your character you know what the first thing is going to do there, there's going to be a defense mechanism that just rises up in your life and say who are you to tell me? Yeah. yoo yeah, Anybody out there? You know, the, 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 there aren't a lot of people who do that in my life, but I do have one. And, and she'll say to me, maybe, maybe this afternoon she'll say, you know, that was a pretty good sermon, but when, when, you, were, when you were saying this, did you really mean that? Or And about the first 1,392 times she said that to me, that defense mechanism went up. She but she does now, Jason, because I know she loves me and she cares about me. She cares about this ministry and she cares about you. And, and she's not doing it in a mean spirited way. She's doing it because she wants to help me. And she's, she maybe said, Did you really mean it that way? Because it really didn't sound like you really cared about them. You were, you were being a little prideful when you said that. understand when when God uses you to speak that truth you may ruffle some feathers but thank God that we have people in our life who we allow God to use to correct us and speak truth into our hearts that's one of the big ways God is going to speak to you He does it through His Word, He does it through gifted teachers and preachers, and He does it through friends and family members who really do love us. Number four, God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit puts things into our minds. He gives us thoughts and suggestions, impressions or inspirations in our mind. Actually when God talks to you in your mind, we call that inspiration. When the devil talks to you in your mind, we call it temptation. When God puts a suggestion in your mind, you are inspired. You have an inspiration. When the devil puts something into your mind, it is a temptation that's going to lead you to do something wrong that is sin. Both of those go directly into your mind. You don't believe me? Look at at what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 26. He said, But the Helper, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will bring to your, remembrance." some translations say, he will bring to your mind all the things that I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's also called our counselor. He's like our personal coach, a personal mentor. I know people who spend thousands of dollars every year for an executive coach. Nothing wrong with that, but if you want the best executive coach there is, it's the Holy Spirit. He's our teacher, our counselor. I'm constantly asking God, Lord, what's next? What's the next step of faith I need to take? What's the next step of faith Kavanaugh Church needs to take? Holy Spirit, direct us and speak to us. And that's what he does. He speaks to us. Notice it says, he will bring it to your mind. He will bring it to your remembrance. The Holy Spirit speaks directly into your mind. He he doesn't speak in an audible voice. I've I've never heard God speak in an audible voice. Why would he even need to do that? He, He doesn't need to speak in my ears when he can speak directly in my head amen? It says he brings this to your mind. He brings it to your remembrance. That's why you need to get into the book, the Word of God. Here it is. Look look at me. Listen to me. I'll, I'll try to hurry because you're worried about the football games this afternoon. I'm, I'm hurried. You read the Bible. You soak it up. You put it in your heart. You store it in your heart, and you put it in your mind your heart and your mind is like a sponge it is absorbing the word of God you're taking it in then when the world puts its squeeze on you and you need an answer to the problems you're facing what is the Holy Spirit going to do he is going to bring to your mind bring to your remembrance all the things that you have studied in the word of God that's how it works that's how he works So God speaks through the Bible. He speaks through gifted teachers. He's going to speak through friends and family members who love us, and he speaks through the Holy Spirit. Get excited, because we're at the last one. Number five, God speaks to us through silence. Now, this is the second week in a row that I've used that word silence, and you don't like it, man. But can I tell you something? Sometimes God speaks by saying nothing sometimes god speaks by remaining silent now i don't know about you but that just drives me crazy it's frustrating but but god has his reasons when he's quiet and when he's silent and when he doesn't say anything you know what you need to do you just need to wait and trust If you run ahead of God, if you go ahead saying, well, I haven't heard from God, so I'm just going to do what I think is best, buddy, you're headed down the wrong road, you're walking on thin ice, you're going to face all kinds of problems because you're getting ahead of God. There there are so many examples of this in the Bible. One of them is a guy named Saul, King Saul. He was the first king of of Israel. He was getting ready to go into battle in 1 Samuel chapter 28, but he hadn't really been spending time with God. In fact, he was away from God. He was what we would call backslidden. He He hadn't been talking to God. He hadn't been living for God. But now he's facing something that is real. There's an enemy right in front of him. He's about to lead his people into battle, and he needs to hear from God. So he cries out, God, what do I do? kind of of reminds me of some of us when we were like teenagers and and hadn't been going to youth group and hadn't been living right and we were having a big test and we're, God, help me. (laughs) At least a couple of people laughed at that. Nobody in the first service laughed at it. But that's what Saul was doing. He, He needed to hear from God, but he wasn't in the right place to hear from God. And the Bible says God was silent. In fact, it's stated like this in 1 Samuel 28, verse 6. Saul prayed to God, but God didn't answer, neither by dream, nor by sign, nor by prophet. And back in the Old Testament, that's the way God spoke. God didn't say anything. He He was silent. And so you know what happened? King Saul got impatient. Dude, when you do that, you're always headed for trouble. He got desperate. God didn't say things, so he took things into his own hand. He said, said, let's turn to the occult. Now that's some pretty good thinking, isn't it? He said, bring me a... A medium, bring me a witch. Now, the crazy thing about this, just a few years before, he had outlawed this in all of Israel. Nobody could go to a spiritual advisor, they couldn't find a medium or a witch. He banned them in Israel. Now he's asking for one. He wanted a witch to bring up the dead, he wanted to talk to the old prophet Samuel. To see what God wanted him to do. He knew this was wrong, but yet he did it anyway because he got desperate. And you know what happened? He lost everything. He lost the battle that day. He lost his reputation. He lost his life. Guys, this is not innocent stuff. And if you're looking to anything else besides God for guidance, you're walking on thin ice. If you're looking to anything or anyone else in your life to guide you about your future except God, let me tell you, that is an idol, and it's wrong. You need to run away from that as quick as you can. This is not innocent stuff. Let me tell you why. Nobody knows the future. Anybody tells you they know the future, guess what, they're just flat out lying because only God knows the future. And the future is not in the stars. The future is in the sun. The son of God. Everything else is a lie. And if you do it, if you look to that, it is a sin. And you're going to be judged for it. And it's of the devil. And you could lose your own soul. You need to stay away from it. Now let me get back to my point. What do you do when God is silent? What what do you do when God doesn't speak two things you need to remember number one that god is in control when god is silent remember god is in control job thirty-four twenty-nine. if god is silent what is that to you since he turns his face away what can you do about it but whether silent or hidden he is still there ruling So whether he's speaking or he's silent, guess what? He's still ruling. God may not share his plan with you, but it doesn't mean God doesn't have a plan. He's got one. He's got a plan for your life. He loves you. He's a good God. He'll guide you. You just need to wait on him. And it's a hard thing to do. I mean, there are times that I've I've asked God for leadership, guidance, and he's he's not spoken to me. He's been silent. But praise God, I've been wise enough to understand he's still on the throne. He's still ruling. And what I found in my own life is one of the reasons God is silent is because I'm not ready to hear what he's got to say to me. God is positioning things in my life and putting me in the spot where I can not only hear him, but obey him. And that's the second thing. When God is silent, not only remember he's in control, but number two, you just trust him. You trust him. Psalm 50, verse 15, God says, I want you to trust me in your time of trouble so I can rescue you and you can give me glory. I really think God is asking that question of all of us today. God is asking you, will you trust me? Do you trust me? Will you trust me with that financial difficulty that you're having? Will you trust me with the dream that is unfulfilled in your life? Will you trust me with the ache that is in your heart? Will you trust me with that loneliness, that stress? Will you trust me with your marriage that seems to be falling apart? Will you trust me with that health, health issue? Will you trust me with the ambitions that you have? Will you trust me? So so let me ask you, will you? I mean, will you? Will you trust God? That's the biggest issue today. God is speaking. Right now in this room, God's speaking to you. He's speaking to you through his word, by his Holy Spirit, through a preacher. Maybe this week he has spoken to you from a friend or a family member, and maybe maybe you haven't heard the answer, but right now you're realizing, you know what? God loves me. God has a plan for my life, and I just need to trust him. So are you trusting him? Do you trust him? Maybe you need to gather up all those cares and worries that I just listed and haul them down to the altar and trust God with them and leave them here. Will you trust him? God loves you. He cares for you. He's speaking to you. Do you hear him? Will you trust him? Heavenly Father, I pray that we will trust you today with the real issues of life. There's some people right here in this room who are going through some hard times, and I pray that they would love you and trust you today with their life. There are some who just need to come and pray, and I pray that they would have the freedom to do that. Lord, I'm lifting up those in our church who are hurting. We've had several people lose loved ones this past week or past couple of weeks, and and they need to be lifted up today, Lord. They need to hear from you. I pray for others who've been in the hospital this past week. Phyllis House, Lord, touch, touch her. Let her know we're praying for her. I pray for little Emma Rogers this morning, Lord. Help, help Kevin and Leah. Dear Lord, as Emma's facing these physical difficulties, even at this very moment, may they hear a word from you. Lord, let Kevin and Leah know that that we're praying for them right now. And Lord, for all the other friends I have in this room, I I pray that you would just wrap your arms around them and let them know they're loved. And I pray, dear Lord, that they would trust you. For those who need to come and pray, let, let them know the altars are open, that your Holy Spirit is here. And that you want to speak to their hearts for we ask it in Jesus name would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed praise team's going to sing <clears throat> hey if, if God is speaking would you come and pray maybe you want to come and pray for somebody else come and pray for them for sure if you need to pray for your own life come and pray for yourself Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your loving care. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation. I pray for everyone in this room and our extended family as Kavanaugh Church. Lead us, guide us, direct us. Speak to us, Lord, and help us to not only hear your voice, but obey that word as well. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen, amen. You can be seated just for a moment. Let's do pray for each other, and and I would appreciate you praying for little Emma. Uh, I pray for that little girl at least twice a day. I know her family is praying for her. You pray for her this morning. She needs a touch from God, so pray for her. Uh, As you walk out, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes. We appreciate that. Wednesday. Wednesday get real hungry don't eat anything all day Wednesday so you can come at six o'clock and eat all the chili you need to eat we I'm, what I'm going to be doing I'm going to be at another table uh, selling Tums and Rolades, all right <laughs> and and all the proceeds are going to go to the same thing Puerto Rico all right uh, it's our it's our chili supper and pie auction Wednesday night starting at six o'clock uh, you can buy a ticket today, $10 a ticket. You can buy a ticket at the door. Uh, if you have a big family, $40 for the whole family. So if you got 12 kids, man, what a bargain, all right? All the proceeds go to our two missions trips to Puerto Rico here in just a few weeks. And then we're having a pie auction. So we got some of the best pie makers in the universe right here at Kavanaugh Church. They're making these pies. We've got a real auctioneer. A real auctioneer is going to come and auction the pies off. So you bring a whole bunch of $100 bills in your pocket and purse so you can buy these pies. Again, all the proceeds go to Puerto Rico, all right? Cool? It's not going to be in the gym. It's going to be in the old worship center, which is now the teen room, all right? So if that's where we're going to do this. Cool. All right? Good deal. Hope you have a great day. God bless you. Stay out of trouble. We'll see you Wednesday.